up y'all it is your girl chanel welcome to another episode of candid talk with chanel today is june 10th and um it's funny i'm actually sitting on my phone trying to pick out what stroller i want to order for my baby <laughs> and at the same time i'm watching um andy cohen's watch what happens live and he has uh, Candy Burris and Tamara, her name slips my mind. Um, and of course they're talking about the state of the world, all the social injustice that's going on, Black Lives Matter. And I'm always trying to figure out how to push, express, to challenge us, um, how, what my contribution is going to be to this movement. Um, I am, at this point, I'm almost like eight and a half months pregnant. So me, for the most part, quarantining is a very important thing. And, you know, one of the first instincts to being a mom is making sure you protect your child at all costs, first and foremost. And even if that means that you're protecting a child that is still growing in your womb, you know, that's still a, a major responsibility. And so I'm not able to be out there marching um, and fighting the good fight with the protest because of my current state, right? I'm due to have a baby in less than 55 days. And so I'm always trying to think of what I can do um, in a meaningful way that is genuine and authentic to me. Um, you all probably know how I feel right now. I think it's very easy for us as people, as humans, to want to jump on the cause or what's going on and to want to do it or feel obligated to do it in the way that we see everyone doing it on social media or people in our real lives. And I'm always looking for a way to make my mark and to speak out against what needs to be spoken out about um, in an authentic, genuine way that comes from a, a real place. Um, and so, like I said, in my state, I can't be out there marching with the picket signs. Um, however, I did do a podcast episode uh, a couple of weeks ago with regards to my thoughts and feelings on just the state of the world. And um, I probably attacked that from more of a spiritual point, which is still a big part of um, my perspective, if I'm being honest. Um, absolutely, Black lives do matter. Absolutely, as a black woman from the test of time, I, I was born in, in, on July 29th, 1983. And so I remember being in elementary school when I recognized how the color of my skin potentially had me treated differently, right? So I, I, I remember being aware of these things from a young child. And I recently was reminded <laughs> And when I changed careers and I was now working in a different industry where I was the minority. I think I've said this before. Um, my social work gig, I was working for 13 years. I was the majority, right? I worked in an office space and we worked with clients who were predominantly African-American and of Hispanic descent. Um, so in that, in my work world and in my office world, white people were actually the minority 
um, Middle Eastern people were the minority. Asian people were the minority. Every now and then we would have someone represented from one of those um, backgrounds or ethnicities. I don't like to say race because I feel like there's one race and that's the human race. Um, so, you know, I was familiar with working in an environment where I was surrounded by my people, so to speak, right? Um, and I'm someone that I can work with many people of different cultures, for sure. I will be honest, you know, there were certain times in working in, you know, the retail industry that I, I kind of felt like, I kind of felt like the minority at certain points. And it's not to say that anybody that I worked alongside of, um, you know, played themselves because you know I would have checked them. <laughs> but I don't, it's hard to explain, but this was like the first working environment that I had as like a grown woman where I felt like every day I was reminded that I was black. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so I remember having to like make sure that, A, I remember having to check my own thoughts and feelings if I'm being honest. And and I this is something that I implore all of us black people to do um, because it, it is it is very easy to have to make broad statements about whites it's very easy to have the, this thought process of oh that's a white people thing you know um I remember going to college and you know let's say that it was December it's cold it's like 20 degrees outside and we see some of our uh, college mates who are white, you know, walking outside with just a sweatshirt, some jeans and some flip flops. And, you know, the kind of jargon that we used to use was like, oh, that's just the others. That's what the others do. You know, so I feel like I had I had to look at myself and check myself as well. Um, everything going on with the world. Y'all know I like to look at myself first and hold the mirror up to myself before I start holding other people to, or taking other people to task, so to speak. And, you know, I had to kind of look within myself and, and be like, you know what, Chanel? By far, am I not, I don't, I'm not racist. I don't hate white people. I don't feel like I'm the better species. I don't discriminate against any other culture for that matter. Um, but I'd be lying if I said that I didn't have my own microaggressions or my own, you know, feelings about things that I needed to check. And, um working in an environment where I was the minority and white people were the majority, I had to like, I had to check that within myself, right? So that I didn't start to develop an animosity or just start to feel like lumping all white people in one category when not every white person in the world is a low key racist, right? Or not every white person in the world legitimately feels like they're better than blacks you know I had to like <laughs> you know remind myself of that so that I wouldn't project that on to anyone that I was working with once again I'm not saying that anybody overtly played themselves because they would have got checked um, however I, I was able to tell you just can tell how people are raised and bred or just certain ignorances that they may have without even realizing it through the things that they would say you know, I remember someone that I worked with used the term after she ate lunch, I have the itis. And I kind of like paused for a minute, like, well, why would she feel comfortable enough to even say that in my presence, right? In anyone's presence, but especially in my presence as like the only 
one of the only black people that worked there. Like, that's not a word you should be able to use. If you don't know, or if you've been living under a rock for several years, or for decades, you know, itis is a word that derives from nigger-itis, right? It's a word that the black community, for whatever reasons, adopted. Um, when one has eaten and you feel like you're full and you're lethargic, you got that itis. Maybe it's because the types of foods that are tied to the to the culture have to do with those comfort foods or West Indian foods that deal with lots of rice and like, you know, so maybe that's why I, I would have to do some research to figure out <laughs> that whole thing. But this is a white Italian young lady saying this. And I don't care how many black friends you say you have or how many black men you might have slept with. <laughs> like you still don't have the license or the right in my opinion to 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 say certain things. And so would I say that she was a racist? No. Um would I say that there was a lot of ignorance with certain things or like just a lack of awareness with certain things? Yes. Will I say that she might have even been bred to 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 think a certain way as it pertains to cultures? Yes. Um and the sad part is, is she didn't even fully realize that she stuck her foot in her mouth. And I think from that day forward, my eyes were opened to this particular person I worked alongside where it didn't matter how nice or bubbly or warm she seemed to be, my eyes were open to the fact that probably deep, 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 deep down inside how she views my people, how she may even view me, there's something there, right? Something very covert and probably even something she might not have even realized, right? Because I think she legitimately would feel like she's not a racist. And I don't, I wouldn't say that she is, but I do feel like there are some things there that I'm hoping during this whole, <laughs> um, everything that's been going on in the world lately, I'm hoping that even she has had to look at herself as well and um this particular person that I worked with I always felt some level we were cool and you know I'm cordial I'm a team player I'll get along with whoever I need to get along with but I always felt a block with her meaning on my part and she probably felt it with me too where it's just like and it wasn't even just for this it's for other stuff other work stuff but I just always felt like this is someone who I don't feel comfortable really connecting with on the job and getting to know when we work together we work together you know keep it cool um but I don't feel like I've been more connected with other people that I've worked with in this particular job setting with her for some reason my walls would always be up and like I said I'm sure that she felt that about me and um you know it just was something there like I always felt like I couldn't trust this individual or whatever um, and so, you know, I've learned over the years, even if I can't explain it in words or if it doesn't make sense, even in my head, um, whatever that feeling is that I get around someone, I follow through with it. And, um, you know, I would make it a point to not really get into conversations. We didn't talk politics at work. We didn't talk. A lot of the conversations at work were actually superficial, as I've said before. So um, and even if I was working with 
a group of people who were like very woke or who were down for the intellectual conversations, I still would stray far away from <laughs> the conversations that have to do with politics and religion and things of that nature because I feel like I'm one of those rare people where I feel like who I work with, just because we work together doesn't mean that we're friends or we need to be friends. I don't feel obligated to be closely invested in the lives of the people that I work alongside. If it happens naturally, I'm here for it, but I don't go into jobs, you know, hoping to find a group of friends, right? I come to work to do my job and I go home. That's kind of more or less how I've been and how I am. Um, and like I say, you have those rare occurrences where I married, I met my husband working at my social work job, right? So things can happen. I'm not against it, but I don't go into any employment situation with the mentality of, ooh, I want to make friends and ooh, let's be friends. I go into these situations trying to learn whatever field of practice I'm in and trying to kill the game and work to the best of my ability. You know what I'm saying? That's more of my mindset going into jobs. And so for me, we don't, I don't try to get into all of those kinds of deep-rooted conversations as it pertains to politics and religion and things of that nature um, because I don't necessarily need to know all of your viewpoints on things because for all I know, you can be anti-Christians. I'm a Christian. You could be a bona fide racist. That would be a problem for me. So I try not to get too deep into all of that. But I remember someone I used to work with had mentioned to me um, regarding this, this individual that, you know, they were connecting on social media and there was some kind of like Insta story that had that, that verified that she was a Trump supporter. And at that point, I was just like, I don't even want to go down this rabbit hole <laughs> because I don't want it to be where I'm coming to work with a certain energy that you know, is going to make the work environment non-productive and very uncomfortable for any of us, you know? So that's why with certain individuals, it's funny, my, my instincts already told me to like, when it came to this person. And so as nice and as sweet as they present themselves to be, right? I'm, you know, I'm respectful, I'm cool, I'm laid back. I'm, you know, I'm nice overall, but I had my guard up and I'm sure <laughs> that was sensed. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I didn't even need to know that this person was like a potential or an alleged Trump supporter for me to feel any kind of way about anything. And so um, I try not to go down that rabbit hole because once you really start talking political views and all that kind of stuff, things can get real funny and messy. We could learn more about each other than what we would really want to know. <laughs> and so I, I wanted to stand clear of that. Um, but I say all that to say this, you know, working... This last job definitely opened my eyes to the fact that there is a lot of ignorance and a lot of lack of knowledge and a lot of lack of understanding that white people that some white people in my life that I have encountered or, or worked around or just was around in some way, shape or fashion had right now there are some who didn't because there was another young lady i worked with um who joined our team during the holidays you know where her and i connected right away off the bat uh she's a white jewish girl super cool we connected on the mental health tip we connected just on 
just chill vibes. We connected because we both are into music and sing. Like we were just connected, you know what I'm saying? And um, she would be very vocal about, you know, the, the mistreatment of Jews and what her people have gone through. And, you know, I would be able to have deeper level conversations with her. So, you know, I don't want to lump all white people in a box because not all of my experiences with them have been that of ignorance, <laughs> low-key, covert, some kind of funny little racism in there, you know. Um, and so, you know, this last job really taught me a lot and um, it, it forced me to have to even look at myself to say, hey, Chanel, do you have any, you know, ill feelings towards white people? Do you lump them all in the same group and paint them with the same, you know, uh, crayon, so to speak? Or are you able to separate your experiences from these particular people from these people, right? Not all white people have put their foot in their mouths or made stupid comments by saying, I have the itis and things of that nature that you've been around, right? You connect real good with a you know a white girl that you work with and you guys are able to talk and and you feel comfortable and no signs of racism or anything funny like that so i had to make sure that i looked at myself as well um to make sure that there's no hate in my heart that's low-key brewing towards white people as a collective um and at the same time to know when to when to speak up and to say something and in my own way you know at my job you know, whether it was a, what didn't matter what the subject matter was, I definitely was going to stand up for what I believed in. And if I felt some kind of way about something, I was going to say something. <laughs> um, and so that part, I'm glad that I have that about my personality. You know, I'm not afraid to be ostracized on the job. I'm not afraid to like stand on my own and, and maneuver low key, been there, done that. Like, I'm not somebody that feels like I need to make nice and play nice with everybody so that I can be well-received and well-liked so that when I go to work every day, my life is easy. Like, I've never been that way in the workplace. I've never even been that way um, in church, in that environment, and I've never been that way even in my friend groups, right? I'm not someone who is afraid to say what I feel needs to be said or afraid to express my perspective on anything hence this brand complex simplicity and i'm thankful that i have been wired that way um because at least this way it helps me to sleep better at night and i think i really believe that my voice is part of my purpose right meaning my voice is how i am to live out a lot of my purpose the things that i say to people whether it's to encourage them to bear them up or to challenge them is a part of my purpose. I've, God, I believe, has made me to specifically be this way because it has something to do with how he wants me to affect the world. And to bring this even into a bigger circle, <laughs> a fuller circle, right? Um, so that's why I've been trying to figure out within myself, how do I speak out about certain things? How do I support the Black Lives Matter cause and the stance against police brutality and social injustices without just joining the train and doing it how everybody else is doing it, right? And we're all human. Sometimes I am like, you know, Chanel, you really don't post a lot on your social media. Should you do more? But at the end of the day, rather than me just put up a post 
that people scroll through quickly, right? Because my I know everyone's news feeds are flooded with this information, so it's being disseminated out there in the world, right? And every now and then I may decide to put a little something up. But I feel like my voice, my actual voice is going to be my way of speaking out, right? And so I'm, I, I always will attack this from two angles. As a black woman, I will say absolutely black lives matter. Social injustices need to stop. Black people, I want to challenge us to stick together, right? And to not just come together when we have these kinds of worldly uh, crises or, or injustices that happen that disgust us all and then now we want to come together. Like, in the same vein of us doing this, we can't be doing all the other stuff that we're known to do where we're tearing each other down and we're not supporting one another and we're just out here, you know, um, being every man or woman for he, him or herself, right? Only being out here to look out for what we need and how we need to feed our families and how we need to get put on and like having that crabs in a barrel mentality. So my thing that I want to challenge us black people to do during this time and to keep it going moving forward is yes, we still fight that good fight. We get that word out there, whether we're actively out there marching, whether we are actively posting, whether we are within our own communities having whatever forms and making a difference, whether we are checking our white friends who are sitting and not saying anything and just taking a, a laid back approach, whether we are checking our white friends or people from any other culture that's outside of the black Af African American culture who have been known to use microaggressions against us or to, to you know, have these uh, prejudices, that's a word that they don't even realize that they have if we need to educate certain things. Like, that's one thing I give the LGBTQ community. They are here to educate, whether it's people in their circle, people outside of their circle, to educate you on the right words to use, how to not offend someone, how to actually handle a situation, you know what I'm saying? Or if they feel like they're being discriminated against in any way, they will check you. So for us black people, let's be the same way. And there's a way to do it where we're not combative, where we're not aggressive, right? but where we are holding people to task for them to understand that the discrimination, the prejudice, the bigotry, the racism has to stop, right? So whatever way in your world that you're able to speak out about this and, and, and make a difference, I implore all of us to do that. Um, in the same vein, let's treat each other well as well, right? Because we can't challenge the world to treat us well and to acknowledge us and to not discriminate against us but then we turn around and do it to each other so uh, you know candid talk with chanel wouldn't be candid talk with chanel if i didn't hold us to task too about certain things so that's what i'm imploring all of us to do and i am very well a part of this conversation let us actually in us being loud and proud and, 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 and joining forces for the cause. Let's also treat each other well and let's also remain connected, right? Um, so 
so yeah, you know, I'm always thinking of ways that I could speak out and I feel like my podcast, you know, yes, I could put a post out there that people will scroll through. I could put something on my Insta story that'll disappear in 24 hours. But you know what? I think what's more meaningful and impactful for me is the fact of how, I mean, meaning or impactful of how I can give back and, and, and fight that good fight is me talking about this for 50 minutes to an hour, right? You'll get more, uh, there'll be more sustenance <laughs> to what I'm saying than me just putting up a post. And so this is how I choose to speak out about what has been going on. And let's keep it real. I am carrying a son in my womb, a little boy, a little boy who was black. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm challenged with how how to raise him in a way where he is aware of the injustices of this world and the dangers, unfortunately, that he may face because of the color of his skin. At the same time, making sure that he's not a hateful, not raising him to be a hateful person or to look at any particular culture or ethnicity um, or nationality where he side eyes them and automatically writes them off because of the color of their skin, right? And that's, I think that's something that many people don't want to talk about. I think that's something that many black people don't want to talk about. Because yes, we have faced injustices and racism and bigotry since the, since the test of time. However, I don't know that we always look within ourselves either to see sometimes we could be low-key racist too. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's why when it comes to activism, for those, because I feel like there are people who I know where this whole, this last situation with uh, George Floyd's murder has really awakened and struck a chord in them. And I think in a way where they probably would be amazing activists and maybe that is part of their purpose. And what I would say to those who, who feel that way like wow, maybe maybe this is where I should be going with my my purpose and my passion and just what I want to do career wise or maybe what I want to do on the side of my day to day job, but in order to be an activist, um, we have to make sure that we really look within, right? Because you can't be an activist full of hate. So if whatever racism or discrimination that was experienced on your part for those who want to be activists and just us in general I would say we have to make sure that we have made peace with that situation so that it doesn't affect our activism or so we're not fighting out of a place of hate because then at that point we're actually being hypocrites, right? We can't hold someone else to task for being hateful and being a bigot if those are the same emotions we feel towards a particular group of people. And so just knowing that when you want to be in it, when you become an activist out here, you're opening yourself up to further hate, further bigotry, further discrimination and racism. You're, you're putting yourself, you're opening yourself to be spat on as you're marching. You're opening yourself to Unfortunately, there could be something that goes down where maybe you're being physically attacked by the police or maybe you're being arrested because you're, you're fighting that good fight. 
You know what I'm saying? And so I believe in the preparation for those who want to be true activists and live that activism life. <laughs> um, it's to make peace with your any experiences that you faced with regards to racism in this case, right? Or discrimination. And um, to make peace with that so it doesn't get in the way of you fighting that good fight. It keeps your it keeps your fight pure, so to speak. Um, and I think there are a, a slew of other things that you would probably have to figure out within yourself before you make that decision to, to be about that activist life. And um, I do feel like there's some people in my world who would be amazing activists on a on a more serious level, right? And so, you know, I think this is a time where we're all figuring out what where we fit in in this world, what we're fighting against, what we're what we're for. And and I'm also imploring all of us to figure out our purpose as well. I think gone are the days at this point between this pandemic and everything that's been happening socially and politically. Gone are the days where we're just merely existing. Like it's to the point where you got to know you got to you got to figure out your purpose and you got to know your cause and what you're out here fighting for, what you're living for. And what your ultimate goal is in life. Um, and for me, this goes so much beyond the American dream of getting married and having kids and having this great job where you make a lot of money and being a homeowner. And it's so much deeper than all of that. And that's why the other side of my stance with all of this is the picture is even bigger than just the social injustices and discrimination and racism that's been going on. For me, at the end of the day, it is going to boil down to are you about that satanic life? And a lot of times when we think about evil, we're always just putting it in a in a realm where you automatically think of church and you automatically think of religion and all of that kind of stuff, right? Um, but let's be honest. What we're seeing right now, this is all wickedness and evil. Y'all, it is. It falls into that category. Like, racism is evil. <laughs> Being discriminatory, that's evil. It's wicked. Um, killing and murdering, this stuff is evil. Being um, a shady politician or, or doing things that are... What's the word I'm looking for? Things that put other people down or groups of people down or helps you to forge further ahead, that is all signs of evilness. That's why even when I would see certain behaviors at a work level, right? Some people may be like, oh, Chanel, you're being too dramatic. It's not that serious. No, if I worked alongside someone who constantly lied and who was just shady and who anytime I get this feeling like, oh, I can't let my wall down around you. There's something about you, but I can't put my hands on it. Nine out of ten times, that person is more along the spectrum of the dark side. There's some kind of like low-key wickedness, evilness going there. Sometimes I think when we think of like the spiritual world, when we think of evil and good and all that kind of stuff, it's so like we place it in, in another realm. But these are things that we see day to day, y'all. Like this, what we're seeing in the world right now, this is wickedness. This is evil. <laughs> like... I don't I don't know any I don't know how I can say that any differently. And for us it's like 
for me, I should say, when I look at what's happening, I'm even taking it to the next level where I'm like, yo, this world is going to hell in a handbasket and I'm not trying to go down like that. <laughs> I am about living that light, that, that God-like, <laughs> that, that, that Christian-like. I'm about that life, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like the same amount of attention that we're putting on Black Lives Matter and fighting that good fight and fighting against social injustices, whether you believe in God or not, now is the time to figure that part of your life out. Because I don't know what else needs to happen for folks to wake up. I don't know what else needs to happen in order for folks to wake up. At the end of the day, Satan, the devil, Beelzebub, whatever you, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him, he knows what his fate is. And he is trying to take everyone to hell with him. This is his fight against God, Jesus Christ. Because he wanted to be God himself. And because he knows that he is not powerful and all-knowing and all-seeing like God, Jesus Christ, he is trying to deceive everyone. And don't get me wrong, he does have a level of power. Let's not get anything twisted, right? Which is why he's been running amok on earth. This is why I tie into, I tie the entertainment industry and all these celebrities and I tie them all into this stuff because it, this is all a part of Satan's agenda. People, they are trying to hypnotize us at every chance they get from what's played on TV, from what I just read today that I, they said I, Beyonce signed a $100 million deal, I think, to do three projects with Disney. I will say this. Disney is one of the most evil evil platforms, companies, corporations, whatever you want to call it out here. Do you know that Disney is attached to a lot of pedophilia? Disney, if you watch Disney movies and you look closely, there's a lot of inappropriate sexual innuendos, um, uh, uh, evil, murder-like there's a lot of things going on. We allow our kids to watch Disney. We're freely taking them to Disney World. We're we're um we're selling them this 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 uh this overall fantasy and dream of the fairy tale life, right? This is all programming, programming the mind from young. And I challenge you to look deeper into this if you think that I'm crazy. Anybody that knows me knows I've always been a Beyonce fan. For the last several years, I have looked at Beyonce very differently. I respect what she does and the talent that she has, right? However, underneath all of this, Beyonce, I recognize she, she's not about what I'm about. I'm about Jesus, right? When they say God, y'all, they ain't talking about Jesus Christ. If you look at Beyonce videos, whatever her agenda is, I'll never forget the song that she did. It was so blatant. I was like, yo, her evilness is blatant. It's like getting crazy now. And it's a song that I like. The hold up, they don't love you like I love you. Slow down, they don't love you like I love you. Can't get that low, but y'all know the song, right? So that and um, the video, if you watch the video, right before it gets to that point where that song starts, she is talking about a whole bunch of Satanist type things, right? Now, to the masses... She just talking about what she went through with Jay-Z. This is from the Lemonade album. 
He cheated on her. This is the point where she recognizes she's been cheated on. And this is what she's saying. This is what she's talking about, right? And so if you really listen and look deeper, look at all of Beyonce's videos, y'all. There's always symbolism of the satanic occult. There's a lot of stuff that goes with this. This is, this is an artist who I loved their music dearly. This is an artist who I can acknowledge. I was under, she um, glimmered me. You know how they say in that, uh, that vampire movie uh, that was out years ago? She glimmered me, right? I was under the trance, so to speak. Going to pretty much every concert she's done but one. Every, like, sh- tour show she's done but one. Um, and so, like, I was under it. <laughs> I, I have no qualms with admitting that. That's how powerful this stuff is, y'all. And so it's like now, you know, for me, for years now, you know, the wool has been removed from my eyes. I'll never forget the last concert I went to with her and Jay-Z. It was on the Run 2 concert. Anytime Jay-Z threw up that rock, I was like, the blood of Jesus. <laughs> you could ask my husband. Like, I know when, when you know, you know. You know what I'm saying? Like, so once I saw that she signed that deal with Disney, like, I was like, of course. Of course. You know? Um, like, they have ties in this satanic shit, y'all. I'm telling y'all. <laughs> so that's why I'm always constantly speaking out. Because it's the way of the world. This evil is in politics. This evil is in the entertainment industry. Whether you're a singer, a rapper, an actor, an actress, a producer, a showrunner. Like, people, the people behind the cameras, the people in front of the cameras. Like, it is in, it's it's all over the place. Reality stars, like, it, they are all exposed to this craziness, right? And, um... It's everywhere. It even in the cooking industry. If you if you if the world knows who you are, nine out of ten times you have been exposed to some crazy evil stuff, right? And it's the people who we see going bazonkers and going crazy. Those are the ones that are having a hard time coping with whatever programming they're trying to do to them and whatever they've been exposed to. There's cannibalism, there's the drinking of blood, there's all types of crazy evilness that goes on behind the scenes in these worlds. And that's bef- that's beyond the sex cult stuff, right? Hillary Clinton right now, I believe, they're still quote-unquote investigating her and that email from from four years ago. She's attached to a, pedophili- a pedophilic um, uh, sex trafficking ring right? Like, people, please, I just need y'all to open your eyes. So that's why I say for me, when I look, I I look more at the state of the world, right? So it's, it's broader and it's bigger than just what's going on with George Floyd and the many other black men and women who have unfortunately been murdered due to, um, police brutality. And I'm even trying to connect the dots between George Floyd and the officer that literally murdered him, they both have ties to mate to being Masons. If you don't know about Freemasons, they're a brotherhood that also has satanic occult connections. And so another thing that I want to say is I'm also looking at things in terms of what is the broader agenda. I'm clear that the world is evil. I'm clear that there's agendas. This whole COVID-19 thing was an agenda. I feel like even what happened with George Floyd and this police officer this, and, the, and the other three that watched and didn't do anything, this is all a, an agenda. 
And a part of me is trying to connect the dots to figure out, yes, we're fighting that good fight as black people and our allies from other backgrounds and, and, and um, ethnicities and whatnot, right? However, I still feel like there's a chess game that is being played by the earthly powers that be. And I feel like we're falling exactly into the play that they want us to fall into. So yes, while everyone is posting constantly about the movement and out there, I'm also, I'm with y'all. I'm with y'all in mind and spirit. And on my own platform, I'm speaking out against things. But I'm also looking at the behind, the behind, the behind, the behind the scenes, puppet master stuff that's going on. That's also what I'm looking at. What is the agenda behind this? While we are all focused on this cause as we should be, what is being done behind the scenes that we have no idea is being done? And this is where I also wanna challenge all of us to make sure before that, to make sure that we're always doing our due diligence and our research before we jump on the bandwagon to post things and to be a part of things, right? Um, I had to do, I had to spend some time doing some due diligence about different things and I'm still doing my due diligence. Like I said, I'm trying to connect the deeper dots. <laughs> I'm trying to connect dots that are harder to see because I'm very clear on the fact that the powers that be that run this earth, so to speak, they, they're always up to something. And don't be fooled by a lot of these celebrities who seem like they're down with the cause of Black Lives Matter. Don't be surprised that some of them are not what you think they are. <laughs> a lot of them are being controlled. Have you, and it's interesting because when you, even when it comes to this pandemic and when it's even come to all that's happened after that, there are a lot of celebrities who have been very silent and quiet and you have to ask yourselves why black celebrities too a conspiracy theory that i've heard and that i'm looking into myself is the fact that the powers that be that control them are keeping some of the biggest and most elite stars and celebrities and moguls from really actively being out there with the people i could be wrong but i've only really seen like jamie fox Michael B. Jordan, Kiki Palmer. I haven't seen a whole lot. And then when you go on like um, more of a B, C list level of celebrity, Portia Williams from uh, Housewives of Atlanta. I think Nene was out there. You know, you'll see a lot of the AT aliens who were not quite A list celebrities, but we know who they are out there. You know, as I'm speaking right now, Candy is on the Watch What Happens Live, you know. Um, episode tonight speaking out about certain things but you haven't really seen the huge moguls Beyonce came out with a video yesterday or two days ago for the class of 2020 commencement right I don't know that I've really seen Beyonce out there you know um, damn sure I haven't seen her out there marching or doing anything like that Jay-Z haven't really seen him out there like that might have been a press conference or some kind of conversation or press statement that was said he was going to speak to someone um, within the political world about seeking justice for George Floyd and all this. But let's keep it real, Jay-Z, I feel like Jay-Z is being told um, that he has to play a certain position in all of this. Because when we take it back to the NFL and taking a knee and 
Colin Kaepernick thing in the beginning, Jay-Z seemed to be all for it, but then ended up cutting a deal with the NFL and ended up saying, making a statement along the lines and paraphrasing of, we've been there, done that, we no longer need to take a knee. So he's being controlled. He's their pawns as far as what he can stand for, how he can stand for certain things that especially have to do with black people and whatever, how he cannot. Like, he really hasn't been that vocal in all of this, right? Um, Among other celebrities as well. So just let's, let's start opening our eyes, folks. Not everybody. A lot of public figures are quiet. Quiet. And I'm not talking about them putting a little post on their Instagram page or on Twitter or whatever. I'm talking about them showing that they are out here putting their money where their mouth is or whatever. Some people, maybe they feel feel better about life. They're throwing some money to, to George Floyd's family. You know what I'm saying? Or pay they paid for the, the, the funeral service costs or, you know. But who is really out there? I expected Tyler Perry to kind of be in the face of the people, right? Um, I'm taking, you know, like publicly saying certain things. How come these big time celebrities are, they're, 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 they're not really in the forefront like that. Makes you go, hmm, right? So, you know, even for us, let's, let's humanize them. <laughs> these people are not God, right? And half of them don't even have control over their own lives. Another thing with that this conspiracy theory with a lot of these big time celebrities, black ones who haven't really taken that stance the way one would have thought is that they're being told that they can't that their money is in question of being (laughs) their assets and money accounts being frozen that they literally have on ankle bracelets and have to stay in their house meaning like almost on house arrest in some way and a lot of y'all may be looking at me like I'm crazy start YouTubing and googling certain things for yourself um I know in the beginning a lot of this stuff sounds really absurd and ridiculous but if you're willing to research on your own and if you're willing to really try to open your eyes and look at things from a different angle, you will be very surprised with how much sense all of these quote-unquote absurdities make. Um, so my thing is, I'm looking at it from two different angles, right? Um, and for me, I always look at the bigger picture. And that is that this world is evil and... Um, I want to be able to stand with my people and, and use whatever form of whatever platform I can use it to speak out against things. But also really, I feel like one of my dying passions is to speak out against a lot of this evil in the world and how we are all being duped day by day by the media. We're being duped. We're being dumbed down by the things we watch on TV. We are being programmed to, to think a certain way. Um, and so that's why I think I I may put up something on my Insta stories tomorrow where it says we need to be as black people and people of the world, we need to pay attention and not be the attention. I think right now, yes, draw attention to the cause and all of that jazz for sure. Black lives absolutely matter. Racism and bigotry needs to end. Um, Everyone in the world needs to understand that black lives matter and not to hit us with the all lives matter. We know all lives matter, but unfortunately only black people 
people's lives have been shown repeatedly that they, it really doesn't matter. And so that's why we are specifically focusing on black lives and how they do matter. I'm all for that. Shine light on that. Give back and, and fight that fight however you can, right? But I also feel like we need to pay attention. Let's not get so lost in the good fight that we stop paying attention to everything else happening around and what's going on. And even as things slowly get back to, quote unquote, some level of a new normal, we still, I think, need to focus on paying attention and not always being the attention, which is another issue that I have with social media. It makes everybody, I think even during this whole um, movement, for some people, it's another way for them to get attention. See, look at me. I'm out here being an activist and this, that, that, and whoop-dee-woo. Like, let's pay attention and stop needing to be the attention, if that makes sense. Um, and y'all, open your eyes. Please. <laughs> open your eyes. Even some of these politicians out here, these, these, these celebrities are aligning themselves with Biden and whoever aligns themselves with Trump. Like people are getting paid to do stuff like, like this stuff is so corrupt. It's not even funny. We cannot rely on the influence of our favorite celebrities to help determine what we do, who we vote for, what cause we get behind. Let's do due diligence on our own folks. We gotta have a, we have to think independently. And that's another reason why I wasn't jumping to post things and even like the whole Blackout Tuesday, which was a very confusing thing for me and many. Um, I feel like it's just so easy for us to jump on the bandwagon. Oh, Blackout Tuesday, let me black out my profile picture. Let me, let me post the black square. Did you do your due diligence? Do you even know what this is about? Can anyone tell me who actually came up with Blackout Tuesday? Because I feel like no one can say this person is the one who led that charge. You know what I'm saying? We have to do our due diligence, folks. We cannot just jump on the bandwagon. Oh, because I don't want to get lost or I want to feel like I'm a part of something. Or genuinely, I believe in this cause. But still do your due diligence so you know what you are aligning yourself to. A lot of this stuff is smoke and mirrors out here, y'all. You'd be surprised how many palms are being greased to do certain things. There is so much more to the story of that George Floyd murder. And I'm still trying to connect those dots. Not that, I'll, not that I will ever figure it all out. You know, me being Detective Chanel and all. But the fact that they're both linked to being Masons and the fact that like there's something so and that that has to do with uh, with the evil and sat satanic stuff too like there's so much other stuff happening right before our eyes but we're always allowing ourselves to be distracted and dumbed down and programmed and fooled we don't want to open our eyes like we have to open our eyes y'all like there's so much other agendas that are going on i'm still like oh so the quarantine life ain't ain't a life no more right Thousands of people could be out in the streets all over the world protesting. Just a month ago, there was so many concerns about being in a place where there's many people and you're not standing six feet apart, but it's all good now. Are y'all like, yeah, let them protest so they can finish depopulating and killing each other off. Like, I'm, call me crazy, <laughs> neurotic, I'll wear that hat 
happily. But to me, so all of a sudden, that's just like, it's all good. So in the midst of all these protests, New York is able to open up phase one, almost going into phase two. Thousands of people on the street. It don't matter that you got a face mask on. Half of what y'all don't know is those face masks don't really protect you like that. They protect the other per- They protect you from emitting things, but wearing those face masks, unless you're wearing like an N95 one, it's not protecting you from getting anything that's out in the atmosphere or from anyone else who's six feet apart from you saying something, having, the, having whatever alleged virus and it affecting you. So now all of a sudden it's all good. We can open back up. Cuomo's like, yeah, I want all the protesters to uh, get tested. Let's keep it real. Is everyone, all these thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that were protesting the last week and change, are they all really going to go and get tested for COVID? Let's keep it real, folks. So all of a sudden it's good. It's all good. It's cool out here. All of a sudden now the media is saying, you know, if you were asymptomatic, you know, with the virus, you, you really can't spread it. When they were telling us for months that you're highly contagious, even if you had no symptoms, like y'all open your eyes. We are being told all kinds of craziness. We're being duped. We are just like, they're just, they're just telling us anything. They're just telling us anything. It's crazy. So I'm thinking about all these things happening, (laughs) all these things going on in the world and I just want to encourage us to have a broader scope of things, right? We could be, I I understand for the good fight, we need to have some level of laser vision focus. But in the midst of that, I also believe we need to have like a broader, a broader sight on what is going on. Do your own research, folks. Don't just jump on the bandwagon because it sounds good or because you feel, oh my gosh, I'm black. If I don't post about this, if I don't do this, then what are my friends going to say? What are my coworkers who follow me going to say? What are the people I go to church for going to say? Like, do your own research. Look into things for yourself. Think along your own lines. Like, I get a little fired up. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I'm, like I said, that has never steered me wrong in life. You got to think for yourself. If we continue to have this groupthink mentality and we continue to follow the trends and we continue to live our lives doing what everybody else does, how everybody else does it, and doing what's expected of us from our loved ones in society, like, I couldn't do it. You may end up living a life like I, I just can't live like do have your own trend of thought and have like do look into things for yourself please y'all we, we still have time many of us are not back at work look into things for yourself that's you know it's never steered me wrong in life that I will say <laughs> It has never steered me wrong in life and it's helped me to make predominantly pretty good choices for my life because I was able to weigh things and I was able to think things through for myself. I was able to consult with that man upstairs and I was able to not feel pressed or obligated to do what everybody else is doing, how they're doing it. Very important. Never steered me wrong in life. Even if people didn't understand it, they looked at me like I was crazy. I think when people stand back and look at my life, they'll say, yeah, 
Chanel, Chanel made some good decisions in her life, you know? Don't, don't follow the masses, folks. So find out, you know, you're passionate about Black Lives Matter. Even if you're not, <laughs> I would say because enough is enough, find your own way to fight that good fight. Don't feel like that fight necessarily means you have to be out there on those streets. Don't necessarily feel like it means you have to post on your social media. Figure out a way that you can get your voice heard to speak out against this evilness that is going on in the world. Don't feel pressed to do it how everybody else is doing it. Find a way that is natural and authentic to who you are, where you're able to use your voice to speak out against this evilness. Because at the end of the day, it boils down to pure and sheer evilness. And that's more of the fight that I see. Racism is a part of evilness. For me, this fight is about godliness versus evilness. At the end of the day, for me, that's what it boils down to. All right? And me trying to find and consult with God as far as how to combat the evilness, how to make a difference in whatever way that I can to speak out against the evilness. And, um, you know, to keep my faith intact, how to raise this little boy who was growing inside of me day by day with my husband, you know, how to raise him to not have hate in his heart, but to be very aware of the hate that exists in the world and the evilness (laughs) that exists in the world and how that can affect his world as a black man, black boy. So, you know, find your way of being able to fight out against, fight against all these things and to, to speak out, you know, keep yourself safe. Once again, for those who have never really protested or been about that activist life, my encouragement to you, make sure you have a number written down on your arm or your hand that won't rub off, maybe use a Sharpie or something, as Amanda Seal suggested. And this way you have a number of someone you can call in the event the cops sweep everybody up for protesting and you go to jail because they take your cell phone from you, right? So make sure there's a number of someone you can call. And I believe there are still quite a few attorneys who are working pro bono, um, low cost, maybe even free, um, who will take your case if anyone who is protesting gets arrested. Don't think because you're protesting and it's peaceful and it's during the hours before a curfew that you can't find yourself getting swept up and arrested. That's a risk that's involved with protesting. Be safe. Don't think that you won't get rubber bullets shot at you, unfortunately. Don't think that you won't get tear gas. They've been doing this, right? So be careful. Prepare yourself. Search your heart. Make sure you're not out there with hate in your heart protesting, right? Because that just defeats the whole purpose. Um... And then for those who are not out there actively in the fight, you know, figure out how you can make your voice heard. If you feel like social media is that vehicle, by by all means. If you feel like me, you have something like a podcast or you want to do a video or you put something on YouTube, by all means. If you want to write and, you know, um, and, and, or sign petitions or donate money or, and, uh, make sure that you're shopping only black businesses, whatever you feel you need to do 
to help fight this good fight by all and by any means. Um, but just be safe, I would say. And let's, like I said, let's do our own due diligence um, and, and let's do our own research too, right? We don't want to walk into things fully blindly and just jump on because this is what everybody's doing and this is what everybody's talking about. Make sure you know what you're representing. Know what you're fighting. Know why you're fighting. You know what I mean? Sorry, we got cut off there. Um, I went past my hour mark, but I will wrap it up. Know why you're fighting and as I keep saying, uh, be safe. Be safe and figure out your way to contribute to eliminating a lot of what's the negativity and the wickedness and the evilness that's going on in the world. Thank you so much. Continue to rock out with your girl by going to Spotify, Anchor, Apple, and Google Podcast. And as I always say, until next time.